In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen. For five weeks now we've been in John chapter 6. That is a very long spell to be in one chapter even for a pastor. And so today you might be asking yourself if there is anything left to see or learn or say or do. If you were here five weeks ago, way back on the 13th of August, You might remember that John chapter 6 starts with a meal. It is a miracle when Jesus took five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000 people. It was a miracle that St. John describes as a Eucharist. Jesus fed them this way. He took bread, gave thanks, and gave it to them. It was a miracle like Moses giving Israel manna in the wilderness. And it was a miracle when Jesus finally revealed that he is the manna, the new bread of life that has dropped down from heaven. That is the way it is in St. John's Gospel. And it is one reason why we spend five weeks on one chapter. In St. John's Gospel, almost nothing is what it seems, and almost everything has a meaning. And then a second, and a third, and a fourth, and a fifth. In John's Gospel, even the miracles have miracles. Moses points to manna, and manna points to the feeding of the 5,000. And the feeding of the 5,000 points to the Holy Supper. And the Holy Supper points to Jesus, who says of himself, I am the bread of life, whose flesh you eat and whose blood you drink for your salvation. It is a crazy way to see the world. Later that very same night, after dinner with his 5,000 new friends. Jesus walked out onto the Sea of Galilee and saved his disciples by calming a horrible storm. It was a miracle that St. John describes as an exodus. There was Jesus pushing the water aside so his disciples could cross safely over the sea from one side to another. It was a miracle, like Moses leading the children of Israel through the Red Sea. It was a miracle that looks like a baptism, as water saved God's own from a sinful and certain death. And it was a miracle when Jesus declared that he is the living water of eternal life. That's the way it is in John's Gospel. Almost nothing is what it seems, and almost everything has a meaning, and then another meaning, and another, and still another. Moses points to the Exodus. The Exodus points to the Red Sea. The Red Sea points to baptism. Baptism points to Jesus, who says, I am living water who will quench your thirst forever. I wonder if we can learn to see the the scriptures and Jesus in this particular way. 
What do you think that Jesus is up to in John chapter 6? Try this. In the sixth chapter of St. John's Gospel, you and I are watching Jesus as he decides what kind of church he wants. In the Gospel appointed for this Sunday, it seems that most of those who followed Jesus throughout chapter 6 didn't get it. For them, the world was flat, and everything was two-dimensional, and there was nothing more than meets the eye. Bread is bread, water is water, boat is boat, sea is sea, storm is storm, and Jesus is just another charismatic guy who is very good at working the crowd. So at the end of chapter 6, in the gospel for today, when Jesus suggests that they ought to try connecting the dots, that bread might be more than bread, and water might be more than water, and he might be more than just another king. That wears them out, and most of them go home. The trouble is that very often we are like this. We are used to seeing the world as rather flat, as a self-evident sort of place where things are predictable. And if they are not predictable, at least they are explicable. It can happen to us because we are so bright. We are so scientific, so rational, so technological. We are so good at solving problems that we think we have all the answers. It can also happen to us because we are so dull. We are so busy, we are so pressed, we are so worn down that we may even become cynical and give up any hope of finding any answers. No matter how it happens, if we settle for either of those, confidently living by our own wits, or on the other hand, checking our wits at the door, then by default, we tend to see the world the way the world sees itself. We tend to judge the way the world judges. We tend to live the way the world lives, and we fail to connect the dots. When we fail to connect the dots, we miss what Jesus wants. What he wants is you, first and foremost, and what he wants to give you is his kingdom, rich, thick, thick dense, and sacramental. What Jesus wants you to see, what Jesus wants you to have, is a forgiven, interesting, joyful life together in his kingdom on his terms. Jesus wants his church to be the greatest possible place in all the world. If we fail to connect the dots, it just becomes another gathering of another group in another place, flat, two-dimensional, advice-driven, self-help mandated, just another way of getting by. In John chapter 6, Jesus is trying to get us to avoid that. Jesus is telling us what sort of church he wants. What Jesus wants is a thoughtful, seeing, speaking, living, serving, witnessing, sacramental church. What Jesus wants 
is a church that can connect the dots of Moses and Jesus, of Red Sea and baptism, of feeding the 5,000 and Holy Eucharist, of Exodus and cross, of promised land and resurrection. That is what Jesus wants. Jesus wants a church that can connect those dots, and then he wants a church that can live from the dots connected. In John chapter 6, Jesus is asking us to go deeper. Jesus is asking us to go below the service. Jesus is asking us to think, to see. And as we think and see, Jesus is asking us to be unsatisfied with our own lives. Jesus is asking us to reject the way the world sorts things out, either self-confidently or cynically. And Jesus is asking us to live the way he lives, deeply, sacramentally, from bread that drops down from heaven, from water that lets us never thirst again. Jesus is trying to put us under his Father's care. And he is trying to use us to give a good witness to all of that. Jesus is trying to build a church where there is always more to see and to learn and to say and to do. That is what it means to be a disciple. It is a hard saying, who can bear it? Who can bear to admit that they cannot see straight or learn straight or speak straight? or live straight? Who can bear to admit that? Well, we can. And we just did in confession, and we're about to do it again when we kneel at the altar. It's us. It struck me again this week when I was giving an interview to a newspaper reporter about our purchase of the Bible church that we are at the beginning of a remarkable time in the life of St. John. Starting right now and in earnest, we will be making all sorts of decisions about vision and direction and program and staffing and staying and moving and spending and building and serving and reaching in and reaching out all sorts of decisions about what kind of church that we will be. In all of that, I hope that we will remember what kind of church that Jesus wants. I hope that we will choose to be a church that will connect the dots, a church that will see clearly and think deeply, and be unsatisfied with anything less than Jesus Christ himself as bread from heaven and living water. A church that will speak boldly and that will do good about the Jesus who has come down from heaven and who stays with us in word and supper, in absolution and baptism. A Jesus who prompts us to see ourselves and our neighbors and our world and even our God in a new way. A Jesus who moves us 
to live a thick and rich and dense and merciful and gracious and sacramental life together that plays itself out in acts of mercy and words of witness and care of the soul. So that at the end of the day, Jesus will look at us and decide that he's had some good use here. So that when Jesus comes again, and he will come again, so that when Jesus comes again, that you and I are found on the side of the saints and the angels. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.